Hello. Hello. And welcome to Spill the Milk. I am Morgan. And I'm Hannah. And yeah, it is a Hannah topic today, so I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Hannah. I don't think we have any updates either. No, so... not that I can think of. Oh, I do have a shout out. Remember, <laughs> I've been trying oh, to yeah. like shout out this person for fucking <laughs> literally three fucking weeks. Um, yeah, so I want to shout out to her name is Brooke. Um, she reached out to me and was super awesome and supported our podcast and had really great things to say. So I just want to shout her out. I appreciate it and keep listening. We like you. So yeah. Woo woo. Um, <laughs> on that note, um, <laughs> my topic this week is Stonehenge. Mm. So I was on crack before this. Not really, not literally, <laughs> but I, I thought this was in Ireland the whole freaking time. Oh, until I researched this, like all of my life, I thought it was in Ireland. I guess I don't actually know where it is, but it is in Salisbury Plains, England, oh. and I have it written here like the stake. I did not know that. <laughs> so, you know, like the stake. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and get started with some background and. Hopefully, we can get through this timely because I have a lot of stuff. You go, girl. So, a henge is a prehistoric monument consisting of a circle or stone of, or excuse me, a circle of stone or wooden uprights. Other definitions that I saw were that it's like a circular ditch, which um, both of these are included in here. And then this is actually, fun fact, older than the pyramids of Giza. Oh, so these are about that is. That's five thousand years old. Mm. They were started in about three thousand BC. Either way, those are huge rocks. So it's like, how the hell did they move those, dude? I will fucking tell you. All right, well, let's hear it. So, okay, I have like a like a note in here that there was supposed to be like a shit ton more stones. I was looking for like the actual number and I kind of got pissed because everything that I listened to and I watched a ton of documentaries and like listened to a bunch of stuff on this and I feel like none of them use the same numbers. So I'm so confused. <laughs> That's like the issue when like I feel like there's a lot unknown with a lot of old shit so people are like, "Oh, I think Yeah, but this. you should be able to count the number of stones that are sitting there." Yeah, that is true. But, but well, how do you know how many were supposed to be there? Well, yeah. So <laughs> that's one of the things too is that it was intended to be, or at one point in time was, um, more stones than it is now. Um, so right now, based on what they believe it looked like or was supposed to look like, there's about sixty nine stones missing or that never made it there. That's a lot of stones. Holy fuck. Yeah. So it's supposed to be like 140 stones or something like that, I think. That's a big amount of stones. Like, holy uh -huh. fuck. It's like, yeah, it's like 130 or 140. But studies show evidence that, um, that like, points to the fact that um, they were at one point there. And a lot of people think that they were, like, taken and then, like, recycled into, like, 
Roman buildings or like other buildings of civilizations that came after them, but still fucking crazy. I mean, that's still cool that they like reused them, you know, repurpose. I know, but it's still, I'm kind of like, go find your own fucking stones. <laughs> yeah, that is true too. <laughs> like, they worked fucking hard to get this one together. <laughs> well, they worked hard to reuse them, so. <laughs> uh, I, I'd be pissed if someone came along and took my stuff. Yeah, that is true. Um, But the majority of these stones are like, I guess the tallest stone is 23 feet tall. Most of them are about 20 feet. Um, and none of these stones are actually local to the area. So some of them, the bigger stones, which are the sarsen stones, those are from about 20 miles away. Holy shit. The other stones, which are known as the blue stones, those are from about 150 miles away. Oh my God. Travel by sea to get there. Oh my God. Like how the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. That's fur. Um, so the sarsen stones, those are the larger, like, upright stones. And then on average, these weigh about, like, 25 tons. The, the largest one of them, it's called the heel stone. It weighs about 30 tons, which a lot of the videos that I watched joke about, like, how everyone relates that to elephants. So it's about four and a half elephants. <laughs> I don't know why, but I wasn't thinking elephants. I was thinking like, um, like pickup truck, not a pickup truck, but like a truck, you like know, a semi, I think Ma- this- not a semi, but I like, think- I think someone said that was like six semis or something like that. Wow. Oh, maybe then. Yeah. Semi. <laughs> I don't I think- know my semis. I think that's what someone said. I don't know. Hmm. I watched so many of those things. They either way, different numbers. Either way, fucking heavy. And that's all we need to know. Yeah. Um, and then they're topped by perpendicular lentils. So um, these are the ones that are like horizontal. And despite being on slanted ground, they're almost perfectly level, which is fucking nuts. These are straight up engineers. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and then they're the, okay, so that's the big outside circle. Then there's like an in, inside circle. Like a horseshoe of blue stones. Um, these are thought to have traveled about 200 miles from the Prisley Hills of Wales. Um, Fuck. They were thought to have healing powers um, by some people. And then they like might not appear blue when they're dry, but um, when they're freshly broken or when they're wet, they do turn like a bluish tinge. And they weigh between two and five tons each. Um, and then... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. How the and fuck then, are they getting these here? <laughs> by boats. They made boats and they floated them. And actually, there are there's, like, evidence of them being... Because they did experiments on this um, to see if they could really... If people could really move these and take, like, the route they would have taken. And they've actually accidentally sunk one of them. Um, one of their Doesn't boats. surprise me. Like it happened on accident, and they found these stones, these blue stones, in the bottom of the ocean. So oh, damn. That means that by trial and error, they got them there, but might have lost a few on the way. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um. 
So then they also did like excavations, which uncovered like empty, empty, empty stone holes um, that um, kind of prove, I guess, that at least six of them were removed um, after the fact. Like they were there, and then they were moved. And then um, they talk about like they give all these holes and all of these stones different letters and names and stuff. So I'm not gonna get super into that, but there's a there's like a lot to fucking know. And then um, so they were also. This blew my mind. I had no idea. I'll send you a picture so you can post it later. But um, the lentils, so the horizontal top pieces, were slotted together using, like, tongue and groove type joints. So if you think of, like, woodworking or, like, cabinetry where you have tongue and groove, like, walls um, or flooring or anything like that, most of the time it's, like, wood paneling. But um, they have that in the stone, and then they actually have, like, concave and uh what is it convex where they like literally dug a hole out of the top of the the bottom of the lentil and the top of the sarsen stone like went into the bottom of the lentil so it couldn't slide damn i don't even know how you would think of that but it's fucking crazy especially back they then look like, like it's like fuck? legos yeah, how the fuck are you doing that? <laughs> Except five tons each. Probably was fun for them. <laughs> um, I, well, probably fucking hard, hard, hard work, but yeah. It's probably cool to see it all come together. So, there's also a legend that says that the area was cursed by the devil and that no matter how many times a human counted the stones, they would never come up with the same or the correct answer twice. So, every time I was listening to all of these things, <laughs> saying different answers, I was like, oh my god, stop. Please stop being different. <laughs> I swear I would listen to the same documentary twice and they'd say a different number. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Ah! <laughs> got devil shit around it i'm not about the devil <laughs> no you're not no my gusta <laughs> um, so then there's like okay so i got a ton of really good information from the english heritage website um which is like the official stonehenge website and that's like where you can buy tickets for like tours and like you can visit their shop and their museum and everything so i got a bunch of information from them and um this is a quote so i'm just going to read this one um cuz there was a lot of good information in here that i pretty much was going to say the same way <laughs> so i'll just <laughs> quote it so um, English Heritage website. Oh my god. <laughs> Heidi and Katie just got back. Oh. Um, <laughs> so it says, it is possible that features such as the heelstone and the low mound known as North Barrel were early components of Stonehenges, but the earliest known major event was the construction of a circular ditch with an inner and outer bank built about mm. 3000 BC. This enclosed an area of about 100 meters in diameter and had two entrances. It was early form of henge monument. Within the bank and ditch were possibly some timber structures. Um, 
Damn. set inside the bank were 56 pits, which are now known as the Aubrey Holes, after the guy who found them. Um, there have been much debate about what stood in these holes. The consensus for many years has been that they held upright timber posts, but recently the idea has emerged that some of them may have held stones within and around Aubrey Holes, and also in the ditch, people buried cremations about 64 cremations have been found and perhaps as many as 150 individuals were originally buried at stonehenge stonehenge making it the largest <laughs> late neolithic cemetery in the british isles that's kind of cool though like i'd want to be buried there um, why not so i have some fun facts at the end that i'll go through about that but yeah um a lot of what we're going to talk about is like life versus death and like how they viewed that so, um, then they also talk about the sarsen stones versus the blue stones, and then um, they have, like, the inner horseshoe and the outer circle. Um, what else did I have in here? Um, and also, another thing to know is this wasn't all built at one time. This was, like, over the course of, like, hundreds, if not thousands of years. Like, this was a long time in the making. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, just because, like, how the fuck are you getting all that shit there? And, like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also one of the things I was gonna say... Oh, um, <laughs> they found <laughs> radio, or they did radiocarbon dating on um, these antlers and bones, I believe they said it was cow bones, that they found there, um, which they used as, like, primitive forms of, like, shovels and things like that. Um, and they found them to date to between 1800 and 1500 BC. Damn. So those were what they kind of used to dig the holes. So now we're going to get into who the heck built it and how did it get there. But we're going to start off with some of the more far-fetched type things. Okay. The one Morgan's going to love is aliens. Aliens. Um, this is actually kind of a popular area for like people to ha- see like uh, crop circles and stuff pop up Ooh. like in one of the documentaries I watched they showed like a shit ton of crop circles and they're really cool um, I bet. so and then there's people that claim they see lights coming from the stones and they see like weird UFOs and stuff around here there's no like definitive proof of any of that and there was a guy that like tried to say this was aliens without a doubt but everything he kind of used as air quotes proof of this was very clearly debunked so Mm, that's no fun yeah it i mean it kind of goes along with the pyramids of giza and like all of the net or the seven wonders of the world and everything yeah at least like the ancient ones um seven ancient wonders of the world i should say um just kind of no one knows how they got here so aliens either a made them for us or gave ancient societies the knowledge to somehow build them and then left and they're like i'm out of here i've done my due diligence good luck with that (laughs) yeah right um and then the next 
kind of idea of how it happened is I'm kind of going from like least likely to most likely <laughs> or like um you're good least realistic to most I guess yeah um, I'm with it. So the next one is that a giant carried the stones because that was very much a story that was told, like a legend that was told about it, was that giants from all over. I think they said mostly, um, oh, shit, what was it? They were naming off, like, where these giants were and all that stuff, but they carried all the stones there and put it together because obviously giant stones, so giant people can carry it. I'm um, for that. I like and, that. <laughs> I think as a legend, it's kind of cute. Yeah, it is. It's like, okay. And there's even, like, pictures that I saw of, um, like, giants placing the stones on top of them. It's, like, cartoony. So, it's Oh, cute. I like that. Yeah. And um, these were called um, – one of the videos I watched, it was a YouTube documentary – which I thought was going to be all about aliens and shit. And he was actually very like scientific and like math, mathy and like historical about it. So I, I liked that video and it was pretty short. It was only like 15 minutes, but, but he did a good job. Um, anyways, he mentioned, uh, um, Nephilim, which I guess is a giant that's mentioned in the Bible that was wiped out by the flood. I've never heard of that. But there, I guess no. there, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> I guess I don't know. You have but, never heard of that. Yeah, I guess it's called a Nephilim. And it They're was all about the giants. Flood. Yeah. So, <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting that they yeah, even had like, like a name for him and like they talked about him in the Bible and stuff. So He's I've the never local heard giant. Yeah. <laughs> the next, slightly unrealistic. <laughs> um option is that merlin the wizard who uh was helping king arthur who may or may not have been real i have like a whole separate episode planned for king arthur so i'm not gonna get too into him but merlin was like a wizard hell yeah um, he was he's a disney wizard <laughs> oh my god that's all and, i know about him <laughs> but <laughs> he was sent by king arthur who that this is all in the legend type thing, but there's a lot of people who think King Arthur was truly King Aurelius Ambrosius. Um, that name is so, way better than Arthur's, so he probably should have stuck with that. <laughs> so, but I mean, this isn't going to be the King Arthur that pulled the sword out of the stone or that sat at the whatever table. Um, this. I don't know what it is. is a... I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> King Arthur that sat at the table of the whatever. All right. He's known for something of the sorts. I know what it's called. It's in the Chronicles of Narnia. I love those movies and I can't think of what it's called. Of course you do. <laughs> Shut up. Those are like my favorite. I, I believe that. <laughs> no, they're good. They're good movies. They're, they're good movies. I like the little goat guy. He dies. Didn't want to know that. I've only seen number one. <laughs> he dies in number one, doesn't he? I don't fucking know. That was like 10 years ago I saw that. <laughs> the first one's not even the best one. The first one used to scare the shit on me when the wolf jumps out in the snow castle. Big Ooh. fan. Ooh, that was a traumatizing moment of my childhood. Um, I remember being at a birthday party. 
this was like the first boy-girl birthday party I was ever at. And I remember being scared shitless when that thing jumped out. That was traumatizing. Of course. And it's a boy-girl party. all the boys were there. And I was like, oh, God. They all just watched me freak out like a child. That happens. Whoops. Uh, anyways, um, so, okay, so King Aurelius Ambrosius, um, has Merlin get the stones, so he gathers this group of people, they all go over to Wales or wherever they got the stones from, and, yeah, whales were where they got the blue stones. So they all go over there 150 miles, get that for like their healing powers. And then he steals them from a circular formation called one of the things I used calls it the giant's ring. Another calls it the giant's dance. Um, again, everything's freaking different. So they took that and then they erected this as a way to honor the British soldiers that were slayed by the Saxons. So, kind of still a memorial, but not really what it was used for, which I'll get to in a little bit. Um, now we're getting into like more of the logical type things. So, there is a theory that the glacier, glaciers melting or like the end of the ice age, carried those stones there. Um, this That's one. That's really precise. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of what I, I was thinking about it. And I was like, I could see them getting to that point, like being in the Salisbury plain, but someone still would have had to do all that work to set them up. Definitely. But also it's, it's kind of been debunked because there are no other stones like this anywhere in the area. And why specifically those couple stones and how the fuck do you set them up exactly yeah. like that? How was it making a pattern? Yeah. Like, come on. Oh, talk about patterns. I will tell you about patterns in a little bit. <sighs> Dude, I'm in pain. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like an old lady. This whole day has been old lady. Happens to the best of us. So now this has kind of like been the most proven and the most logical and has the most evidence. There was a Neolithic civilization that um, put this all together. So okay, so Naked Science, which is one of the YouTube documentary things I watched. Um, they did an experiment to see if the stones could be moved. This is kind of what I talked about, where they used like the forms of technology that they would have had at that time. And then they also did the experiment where they brought it over the water and everything. And which might I add, speaking of tools of the time, the wheel had not yet been invented. So how the fuck did they get them there? <laughs> They talked a lot about how they would, like, grease, like, these pieces of wood or, like, these logs, and then they would take, like, the back log and put it in the front, and then they'd have to, like, pull them and keep moving the logs. I could see that. But That actually makes sense. 200 miles. 
Well, I mean, you said most of it was boat, right? Some of it was, but still. Imagine yeah. getting it on the I watched a video of them trying to put a piece of granite on a boat like this. Like, the ones that they would have had at that time. And they almost dropped it. And it looked like so much work. And they had so many people. It was unreal. Well, I'm sure, too, like, I don't know. I, logically, like, they had to get it on there somewhere. So I'm just wondering, like, yeah, was it everybody fucking gets this stone going? You know? Like, yeah. This was a village effort. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the thing for me, though, is... There's evidence that points to the fact that, like, people didn't live here full-time. Like, they came here to celebrate. So, who the fuck did they recruit for that? Yeah, right. They were like, hey, this is going to be really cool, but it's going to take years, and you might not even get to see it. So, I wanted to try. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, this was hard as fuck, but it was plausible that they could do it. So, that was kind of what that was for. Then they also did an experiment, or I think another group did this one but they tested um like they created like these large wooden ramps to create like a pivot point to get the stones perpendicular and then they did another experiment the same group to see if they could get um a ramp like a large wooden ramp that was big enough to get the lentils on the top and both of those worked so um the the theory that they came up with, and this is a quote from the English Heritage website again um, about how this happened. So it says, to erect a stone, people dug a large hole with a sloping side. The back of the hole was lined with a row of wooden stakes. The stone was then moved into the position and hauled upright using plant fiber ropes and probably a wooden A-frame. Weights may have been used to help tip the stone upright. The hole was then packed securely with rubble. Timber platforms were probably used to raise the horizontal lentils into position. Then the final stage of shaping the tenons took place to ensure a good fit into the morticle, or excuse me, mortise holes of the lentil. Hmm. That sounds like super complicated, I gotta be honest. Yeah, especially for early civilizations that didn't even have a written language. Like, there's no yeah. documentation of any of this. Yeah, like, that's... They have, like, carved shapes and stuff in these stones, and in some of the other stones I'll talk about, but there's not, there's not any, like, written language to say, yeah, this is what we did, and this is why we did it. So I was gonna all say, of this is theory. Yeah, I was going to say the shapes don't surprise me. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere with that. I was like, no, that seems normal for that time. No, I mean, like, it's like daggers and axes and, like, water and, like, stuff mm. like that. It's yeah. not like... It's not like Pompeii. It's not like process, yeah. Well, and yeah, Pompeii. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) fucking Pompeii. (laughs) Oh God, I don't. I mean, I could say the word erect like fifteen thousand more times, and then we'd be on the same same level. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We made it over Pompeii. We need to forget about it. Well, I mean, Cleopatra's tomb. There's no shafts, but there's a lot of erecting going on here. I'm sure there's a lot going on. <laughs> oh, God. oh, God. Okay, moving on. <laughs> In the early um, Bronze Age, so there's like tons of burial mounds that were built nearby. And within a three-mile radius of Stone Stonehenge, um, the remain from the Neolithic period, 
at least 17 long barrows, which are burial, burial mounds, and two cursus monuments, which are like, um, like big enclosures that date back to the fourth millennia BC. So, um, bu- 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 and then about 8,000 to 7,000 BC, early Mesolithic. Wow, that was a word. Better um, than hunt- I would have done. Hunter gatherers dug pits and erected pine posts within 650 feet. That s- is a lot of feet. Well, I'm. It's not that tall. That's how close it was. Oh, I thought that was tall. It was like, oh, no, no, no. Fuck. Within 650 feet. Okay. Well, still impressive. Um, of Stonehenge's future location, it was unusual for them to build monuments. Um, and there are no comparable structures um, in northeastern, excuse me, northwestern Europe from this time period. So it's really odd. Really, really odd. Yeah, I wonder what, like, made them build it. Hmm. We'll talk about it. So there's also deposits at the bottom of the ditches that include antler picks. And then we talked about bones of cattle and deer. um, That This says that they were already centuries old when they were placed there. So interesting. And then I mentioned that this was built in stages. So this was built in six different stages. I am not going to break down what happened in each of them. Um, I believe in the Britacana, Britic, whatever the fuck that site's called, Britic, Briticiana, I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'll link it. Uh, they talk about all the different time periods and what happens in each of them. Um, okay, so there's also two stones that a lot of people are like, holy shit, there were sacrifices, that's what this was for. So there is an altar stone, and there is what's known as the slaughter stone, but people don't really know what these are for. They could have fallen and laid down like this. It could have, like, been over time that they ended up like this, but kind of altar stone, you know, altar, whatever. So, so they're, they're laying flat on the ground is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. And then the slaughter stone... It's said that it's called a slaughter, slaughter stone because um, there is, when, when water like pools on it, it's said to run red with blood that was soaked into the stone, but it really does run red, but it's from the iron and the stone that turns it like a rusty color. And like mm. I said, it's likely that the stone just fell over. Still freaky. Doesn't mean that they slaughtered people here for mm. like sacrifices or anything. You never know. Um, I mean, like the religious piece of it, like there's evidence that they had like weapons and like people were killed by the weapons, but that doesn't mean there's like no evidence that they were like just like massacring people here or like anything like that. There's also but there, no... there is evidence of like somewhat, you know, like brutal behavior. Oh, okay. Oof. Not going. Not anything like 
ungodly, like not like hundreds of people like chopped up or anything Still, like that. Right. But like, there's a guy there that's decapitated. Yep, maybe he did something bad. Let's just say that. <laughs> sure. Um. Okay, so I already talked about that. I already talked about that. Trying not to repeat things, but I, like I said, a lot. I watched a lot of these. Um. So the stones appeared to have been laid out like systematically in units, and um subunits so the circumference of the sarsen circle is like 300 feet and then um it talks about the tongue and groove joints again and then um this says only six lentils out of a total of 230 um sit in place on the sarsen circle with two more lying on the ground. So that means there's only eight lentils left out of what we're supposed to be, like 230. Damn. And then three of the five Sarsen Trilithon lentils are in place with the other two on the ground. So those are like the biggest stones in the circle. And then there's four of the uprights that are missing, and one of them is much shorter than the others. And then, like we said before, it's possible it was never completed. Um, and then there is, like, um, thought to be, like, a settlement not there, but, like, somewhat near in the southern circle. Um, then there's the northern circle, which would have been, like, the north side of the settlement. Um, and this is saying that nine houses up to 18 feet square, or 18 square feet, wow, um, were excavated were <laughs> in their 2004 to 2007 wow. dig, and, um, and, uh, um, there was like a 42 acre settlement that they found, so they could have had up to a thousand people living there, possibly. Um, and they believe that this was seasonally occupied, so they would just come there to celebrate, and then um, they would go about and live elsewhere for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's like a vacation home. Well, I like it. Well, I mean, it's not... Kind of, but they're there to celebrate one event, which I'll talk about in the next section here. Um, but there's also a woodhenge, which really ties into this in a little bit here. But the woodhenge is very similar. It is a circle of wooden upright posts um, with a ditch around it and... Um, there's a path that connects them, which I'll talk about when I talk about this um, Nat Geo. Um, sorry, I had to move. Nat Geo um, documentary that I watched that I got a ton of information from. It's on Disney Plus. It's very interesting. If you have a chance, go watch it. Um, and fun fact, um, when they were excavating the... Sorry, I jumped around a little bit. When they're um, getting the, uh, extracting the stones, 
from the places where they thought they were. They did kind of some experiments and recesses um, in both sites match the dimensions of the blue stones and um, they match like the exact sites of um, or the size matches that exactly of the stones at Stonehenge and then they found um, the quarries that they would have been from and they did radiocarbon dating of hazelnut shells and charcoal that would have been left by the workers that went there to get it and um, yeah so then they the they found that the quarries were approximately 500 years older than Stonehenge. Um, and they think it is possible that the blue stones that they extracted that were from that quarry that was from 500 years before Stonehenge could have been, here we go again, maybe they stole it and someone else stole it from them. Um, it could have been part of an earlier monument that was then reuse to build Stonehenge. Hmm, yeah. You I mean, like makes sense. Idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't love it, but I mean, makes sense. Um, so then we get into the idea of the calendar, which is possible, but it's kind of been debunked. But there's a ring of 30 upright stars. Okay, this is from a CNN article um, from like literally two weeks ago. So like February of 2022. Um, a ring of 30 upright sarsen stones supporting 30 horizontal lentils represent the days within a month. Distinctive stones in the circle mark the start of three 10-day weeks according to the study. 12 such months would come to 360 but a group of trilithons, a structure formed of two large vertical stones, support a third stone set horizontally across the top were arranged in a horseshoe shape in the center of the site. Those represent the extra five days needed to match the 365 solar year, Darville said. But then um, another quote here says, those numbers really don't add up. Why should two uprights of a trilithon equal one upright of the Sarsen circle to represent one day? And there's selective use of evidence to try and make the numbers fit. Some of the stones have been left out because they evidently can't be made to fit, said Mark Mike Parker Pearson, a professor at the University College London's Institute of Archaeology and the leader of the Stones of Stonehenge research project, which he was also in that Disney Plus Nat Geo documentary, and I think he was in another one that I watched. Like I mean, he, the title fits. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to that. Hell yeah, he does. So, speaking of that, we're going to go into that documentary. So, kind of starts off by saying that many new megalithic, well, many megalithic discoveries and neolithic discoveries. So, the difference between those two is megalithic is relating to or denoting prehistoric monuments made of or containing large stones, which um, compared to neolithic, which is the later part of the Stone Age, when ground or polished stone weapons and implements prevailed, um, so one's a little bit later than the other, um, a lot of those are found in England during like 2018 in that time period. So 
and also Neolithic is more like informal. It's kind of hopelessly outdated while megalithic is pertaining to megaliths or the people who made them. Um, and then one of the pictures, I think I kind of showed you this, but I'll send it to you again, um, is that this area is full, not of stones necessarily, but hinges. There are circular structures everywhere in this area, and there are burial mounds and, like, circular just, like, ditches, and there's wooden hinges all over, like, there's a lot of stuff going on here. What is a hinge, actually? That was the first thing I said. It was a circular structure of, one definition is a circular structure of upright stones or wooden pieces, and another is, like, a circular ditch. Okay, my bad. I missed that part. No, nope, you're good. <laughs> or I forgot it. <laughs> you're good. So, um, there's that. And then now the main part of this argument or like what it's thought to have been used for is stone equals forever. Like, like, um, kind of like our soul, they thought our souls lived on forever and, like, a lot of people believe that, that oh, like, stone is forever. Okay. I, wood, so it, wood disintegrates and goes away after a while. So that kind of represents the dead versus stone represents the living. Okay. That makes sense. So, um, okay. So one of the things that they celebrated is the midsummer solstice, which is the longest day of the year. They celebrated life and fertility. This is also the start of, like, the farming season. So that's when the days get longer. It gets warmer. This was thought to be, like, a farming or, like, a hunter-gatherer type society. So they need warm weather because this is, like, the same, what is it, latitude as us where they get snow in the winter. So if they don't have crops, they kind of don't have food. So. Um, they also think that, like, thousands of people from all over Europe traveled here to be here, um, to be involved in this full-day ceremony. So, it started at Stonehenge at dawn because, get this, the sunrise on the summer solstice, solstice lines up perfectly with the perimeter stones. It lines up perfectly with the heel stone. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, though, because they were really smart with that ship. Morgan, this is before written record. There's no written language. I know, but, like, it still doesn't surprise me for whatever reason. I feel like they were really good with, like, space. Yeah, but you know how so, perfect you have to, to line that up? And you only get one day a year at it. Like, your math has to be perfect if you're going off the stars. And if you're not, if you're lining that off based on the fucking sunrise, like, that's fucking crazy. That probably took so many fucking years, though. Like, yeah, that wasn't once, like an overnight project. You only get project. one shot to drop it in there. You're yeah. not going to pull it back out after that. I mean, that is true, but unless they, like, drew a line and they're like, this has to go here. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just be guessing. But, okay, so they start there. They start at Stonehenge, and then they celebrate 
um, or acknowledge those that had died because a lot of people were buried there, like we talked about. But then they travel for a full day to the Woodhenge and celebrate life in the living at dusk at the Woodhenge. Um, so they take like this path that leads them out to the River Avon. Then they follow the River Avon and then they go up this other path to this Woodhenge. This is all theory as well, just so you know. Um, but it's kind of, there's a lot of, like, evidence to support this. Like, it's not evidence, but, like, it's very logical and, like, plausible with the beliefs and, like, what we know about people at this time. Um, and then they also celebrate the midwinter solstice. So this is about death and endings. Because everything is seemingly dying. The grass, the sun, like everything. It's getting colder. The days are getting shorter. So they start at the Woodhenge. And then they travel the like 2.5 kilometer trail. Um, exactly backwards. Um, to Stonehenge. Where they ask the spirits to accept the souls of the dead. And then... Um, this also talks about the Durrington Avenue because there's Durrington Walls, which is like a, I believe that's like a burial mound. Um, and that is aligned toward the summer solstice sunset. So while the Southern Circle faced the winter solstice sunrise, the sol solstitial... I don't know what it is. Alignment raises the possibility <laughs> that Stonehenge and Durrington were built as complementary halves of a single complex articulated by the River Avon. So that was also a quote. Um, so just, I'm not plagiarizing, <laughs> quoting. I have a quote. Um, yeah, so very much about religion and like um, many people thought these were the druids which now is kind of looked at as not probable just because they didn't arrive there for like another 1500 years i believe um but that's one of the very likely ideas of well i guess kind of unlikely but like one of the possibilities of who could have been these people um, okay, so I'm going to try and, like, hammer through yeah, this Yeah, somebody had to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I also watched a Discovery Channel documentary, and this was called The Secret Skeletons Beliefs Beneath Stonehenge. So this is a bone expert, um, Jackie McKinley. She said that there were three to 400 burials in the general area, and she suspects that people came here for more than two days a year. So she believes that they stayed here to live and work. Um, and then buried beneath the stones were human remains. So there were four skeletons, one of which was decapitated. And then there was another person who had fatal arrow wounds, and the arrowheads that actually killed him were with him. So then they also have cremated people that were buried in the 56 Aubrey holes surrounding the stones. Um, then in this video, the skeleton that she's inspecting is of a young adult male, likely in his 20s. He was buried with gold ornaments that were, like, packed into his mouth before he was buried, so they're kind of, like, stuffed in his jaw. Um, 
there were only, she said, there were only about eight pairs that are known of in England of this very rare jewelry. And then people were often buried with items that hinted at their profession at this time. So we're thinking this is possibly like a metal worker or a jeweler. And then a bit older man was buried next to him with the same ornaments and metalworking tools. So she's kind of thinking that the guy next to him, this older guy, was the one that actually made this jewelry. Um, hey, that's, I bet that shit's worth so much money. Yeah, except they're probably not going to dig it out of his jaw. <laughs> well, no, they're not going to, but like still. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um, they can also study their teeth, which I had no idea this was the thing. I learned so much from this one. Um, studies can be done to prove where people grew up because of water and air that you consume as a child. And it like adheres to the enamel of your teeth. So like people can tell like in 500 years, if someone finds our bodies, they can tell we grew up in like Green Bay, Wisconsin. Isn't that freaking really? nuts? Yeah. That is nuts. I did not know that. Ooh, I don't think yeah. I like that. Based on like the chemicals and stuff that stay in your teeth and like the oxidization, oxidization, no, whatever the fuck it is, oxygen that adheres to the enamel of your teeth and then like the water, and, like the pH balances and stuff. Um, and then they also thought that these people didn't really travel very far because they didn't have the wheel, but that is so freaking wrong. So this older man, after looking at his teeth, um, was discovered that he traveled from Central Europe, um, like which would now be like modern day Germany, to Stonehenge as an adult, which are 700 miles apart. And then the younger born male... Um, was born around Stonehenge, spent his teens in Central Europe, and then moved back. So then she starts asking questions. Is this for trade? Was this a trade hub? Was this because he had family in the area? Why is he moving? What What's going on? Like that kind of stuff. And then also, this got me thinking, like, holy shit, what don't we know? There's graves that hold items and different people from many different nationalities. So, just listen to this. There's a green jade axe head from Italy, an amber necklace from Denmark, blue beads from Greece, and a dagger combining whale bones from Scandinavia with bronze made from Cornish, which is like southwest England, tin, and Welch copper. So Holy these fuck, are that's a all lot from of different all shit. over the place. Yeah. Well, I wonder if trade was like pretty big then. That's what she was saying is she thinks this was like a trade hub. Like that could be what Stonehenge was for. And I could see that. I mean, why not? It's a central location. I don't know. When I think if that's the case, it kind of reminds me of the four corners, like Arizona, New Mexico. Nevada and what's the other one? Utah? I don't know, but I'm giving you the opportunity to do it. I, I, I don't literally don't know. I've been there. I'm sorry if anyone is from there or is in love with it. It's kind of a tourist trap. It's very much like it's a nice little monument. You can say you stood in four states, but it's literally like little like shops. Like they're selling like beads and like lollipops and like 
Yeah, but I'm the type of person to buy those fucking lollipops. Morgan, like, it's like... Rock candy? Like, Tell me it's rock candy. No, it's not. It's not even, like, homemade stuff. It's, like, you can go to Walmart and buy it. Okay. They'll charge you, like, $20 to say you bought okay. it at the Four Corners. I just want a magnet. I don't even know. I wasn't a fan of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if anyone loves it. Okay, now we're getting to the religious theories. I'm almost done, I swear. So, Druids, like I talked about, um, it's possible because they were known to do sacrifices. And then they, these are like Celtic priests, by the way. Well, I shouldn't say known to do sacrifices. It's possible they did sacrifices. So, um, these are like Celtic priests. Um, It's kind of doubtful that it was these people. Um, but present-day druids do gather there every year to hail the midsummer solstice. A lot of people think this is these are whack jobs because it's kind of like a drunk fest now. Um, and then here's another quote: English antiquarian John Aubrey in the 17th century and his compatriot archaeologist William Stuckley in the 18th century both believe the structure to be a druid temple. This idea has been rejected by more recent scholars, however, at Stonehenge is now understood to have been predated by some 2,000 years. Um, the Druids recorded by Julius Caesar. So. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Caesar. That's how Caesar. I feel like they would say it. They'd be like, Caesar. 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 I always, wanted, I always think of the, the <laughs> okay. Bible, the Christmas verse. Say, go ahead. Go ahead. Are you going no, to say it? Say I, it. <laughs> I was going to, but I'm not going to now. Caesar. <laughs> okay. And there's also this like Rosa Christians. I watched this History Channel documentary about how there's like a modern day henge in Georgia. And it's it's builder or founder or I don't know financer is like unknown and it's that alone is worth an episode or a conversation or something it is freaking weird i had no idea that it was a thing it's like a modern day 10 commandments it's in the eight most common languages in the world and it lines up with like the stars and the same thing with like the sun and it's like crazy and then all of the commandments are, like, seemingly normal, like, okay, these are, like, kind of, not the golden rule, but, like, common sense type things. And then the very top says that the world population must stay below 500,000 people, which is pretty much calling for a mass genocide of, like, six and a half billion people. That never happened. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> no, no, no. Morgan, this is, like, built in, like, 2008 in Georgia. Like, they want it to happen. That will never happen. I'm sorry to tell you. I would not be so confident about that. Uh, There's fucking scary people out there. Yeah, there is, but fuck, I'm scary too, so bring it on. I, I would not be so confident about that. I'm scared shitless of the world we live in. There's billions of people in this world, and you think there's going to be there's gonna be one person who's going to bring it down to 500,000? 
Uh, Hitler, you know how many fucking millions of people okay. he had he killed? he didn't bring it down. Okay, I'm not making light of this, but he didn't bring it down to 500. Th- they no, would have to kill that's off. That's a lot of billions, fucking people. Billions. Billions. Do you know? Bi- okay, nope. Agree to disagree moment. And that'll never happen. Because I will fucking fight them. And that's my song. Hello? 3% of the world's population died during World War II, which is two to... Th- oh, what is that? Which was two point... Okay, the world population was 2.3 billion people at that time. So that was 3% of the Earth's population. I, I feel very confident that a lot of countries don't want that to ever happen again. Well, yeah, but I'm saying they're not going to just walk up and be like, yeah, so we're just going to kill, like, everyone. Well, I, yeah. I like, mean, it's not like they're going to tell people it's going to happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Well, I, if you think it'll happen, it'll happen. I'm not arguing about this. I don't think it's going to happen, but also, like, I wouldn't be so sure. Uh, Anyways, moving on to fun facts. Yeah, okay. Preservation and conservation. Um, so the okay, so this is a quote. The ground within the monument has been severely disturbed, not only by the removal of the stones, but also by digging to various degrees and ends since the 16th century, when historian and antiquarian William Camden noted that the ashes and pieces of burnt bone were found. A large deep hole was dug within the circle in 1620 by George Villers, first Duke of Buckingham, because he was looking for buried treasure. Um, And then um, that was from that Briticana site. Um, And then for two weeks during September 2021, English Heritage carried out repairs to the lentils at Stonehenge. And they replaced old degraded cement mortar with um, what was used, or that was used in the late 1950s, 50s, to prevent weathering. And then they replaced it with lime mortar, I believe, because that's breathable. Um, do, do, do. And then um, the last major like works that they did. On the stones were in the 1950s and 60s. Um, So then three of the people who did a lot of studies on here, um, their names were Atkinson, Piggott, and Stone, wrote a report about the society's antiquaries in which they recommended the restoration of the entire Trilithon, which was two upright stones capped by a lintel that had fallen in 1797, which was the first recorded time that the stones had fallen. And three of them fell. Um, at the time, there were two farmers in like a nearby field, field, and they said that when the stones fell, the noise was so immense and the ground actually shook, um, which is fucking scary. And then um, the restoration report also proposed that two other stones in the outer Sarsen circle had fallen in 1900. Um, that should also be restored, as well as any other stones that were in danger of collapse. So, um, then there were, um, two seasons of restorations that were supposed to complete the project, but then on the morning of March 10th, 1963, 
um, a calamity struck. This is a quote from that English heritage as well. Um, one of the stones in the outer circle fell during high winds. A long period of frost in the early spring, followed by a rapid thaw and heavy rain, was said to be the cause. However, this stone had also been given a hefty knock when the works to re-erect the adjacent stone. Um, inspectors rapidly surveyed the whole site amid fears that further stones would fall onto unsuspecting visitors. Monthly readings were taken to monitor any movement, so this showed that three stones in the outer circle, as well as the so-called Great Trial Trilithon, were indeed moving and needed to be secured. So in 1964, um, they were all secured in concrete. Um, and the fallen sarsen stones were re-erected. And then I did watch a Watch Mojo UK video, which had tons of very interesting information. It was just a short little video. Um, so this was actually sold at auction for £6,600 in 1915 to a Sir Chubb, which is about £600,000 today or about $788 million dollars or excuse me, $788,000. So three quarters of a mil. Rumor is he bought it for his wife as a present, but he did eventually donate it to the government and they knighted him as a thank you. And this has changed many times um, leading up to Sir Chubb buying that and donating it. Um, and starting in the early 1900s, owners were charging admission fees. Um, as of the burial site information, um, the most interesting piece about that I heard was that almost um, half of the bodies or cremations that they found were half women and half men. So as far as like equality, this was pretty much for elites. Um, as far as, like, people that were cremated and buried here. So, for half of these bodies or cremations to be women is pretty substantial information, given that they're thought to be elites. Um, and then one of the last things I have here is um, earthworms are sinking Stonehenge. So they eat the soil below the ground and then they poop it out above the surface. So the surface level then rises. And Charles Darwin in 1870s um, actually announced this fact. Um, so the surface level is actually rising about 20 inches every 100 years. So in a couple thousand years, those things could potentially be completely underground. Oh, shit. I almost dropped my microphone. Oh my <laughs> I was going to say, um, that's like California. They think it's sinking. Yes, that I've heard. It's going to break off with San Andreas Fault. Crazy shit, That'll man. Be, I'd love to see it. I would not. Well, the state of California, yeah. <laughs> but, scary shit. Anyways, um... You can go and take a tour of this area. It's about $62 a person. And in case you were wondering, it's visited by over a million people per year. 62 million people! Or $62 million! A year! 
that's a fucking shit ton for how many people visit. Yeah, well, $62 a person times 1 million people. Yeah, I mean, that's two million. That's, I mean, it's not like they're restoring it either, I'm sure. So, yeah, I mean, the little bit that I talked about, they do. Where's the money going? Where's the money going? I don't know, man. And my last little tidbit the henge in Brave is not Stonehenge. I did go watch that thinking the whole time. I was thinking about this this week that Brave has the Stonehenge in it. It is a Stonehenge, but it's not the Stonehenge. Wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. I missed that part. What did you just say? The, the Disney movie Brave. Oh, Brave. With I've Merida. never seen it. I thought you said that, and I was like, wait, did I miss that part? I've yeah, never seen I that movie. Yeah, I thought it was... I thought that's probably why you thought it was so in much. Ireland. Yeah. Well, that's why I was confused. <laughs> You did I say thought, earlier you thought your whole life it was in Ireland. Yeah. Well, Brave only yeah, nope. It's Brave only came out a couple years ago. I, I was gonna say <laughs> No. No. No, I didn't even know where it was, so you got me beat. I a hundred percent thought Stonehenge was in Ireland. Yeah, I had no fucking clue. I where think it was. it was because all like the Celtic stuff, which I associate with Ireland, even though it's not even necessarily Irish. No, I but... get that though. I get that. Yeah, that's Ireland. Funny. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. I'm really bad at an Irish accent. Like, I try. Can't fucking do it. I love it. I love the Irish I accents. do, too. I wish I could do it, though. Like, Ireland from... I- we're, we're from Ireland? We are. Like, I can't do it. Well, like, that wasn't Yes, I love but, you. Like, I love those. I love that movie. If I try to do more than that, it sounds like fucking ass. Gaelic Storm. I saw them before a couple times. Oh. They're cool. They're very oh, cool. Okay. Okay. I don't know who that is, but I'll it's give you like a lot. It's like an Irish band. What I can yeah, do cool. is a good Boston. I can give you a good Boston where I'm saying, I'm walking in. Park the car. Park the car. Get your ass out of my car because I'm sick of your shit. That's what that's I can That's like do. Jersey Morgan. Yeah, well, I can do it, and that's all that matters. <laughs> That is Jersey. That's straight sass Jersey. I love it. <laughs> Good lord. Anyways. Well, that that's Jersey. all I got. So follow us on Instagram at Spill the Milk Podcast. Und- Wait, I'm sorry. Spill the Milk underscore podcast. <laughs> Can we re record that? No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> No, seriously, follow us on Instagram at Spill the Milk underscore podcast and on Spill the Milk podcast on Facebook. And if you have any suggestions or you would like to tell us to pick other type topics, send us an email at podcast.spillthemilk at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, and share. Also, Although, can you subscribe on anything? I know you yeah, can you follow can on Spotify, so. I think you can on Apple Music, too. Or Apple Podcasts. Yeah, so do it. Do it. Do it, do it, oh. Tell your friends. Yeah. Other than that, that's all I got. How about you? Me, too. I think that is is good. Bye.